Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver. We are live here on YouTube and on Twitter somehow. Everything's working flawlessly, it looks like. We hope you're all having a lovely, lovely, lovely Wednesday night. Normally, we're here on Mondays. This is our first non... No, it's our second non-Monday show. We did a we did a Tuesday or something like that. Or did we do that yeah. earlier on the Monday? I don't remember. No, Either way, uh, our first non-Monday show. I hope you are all having a great Wednesday on this day that uh, the off-season kind of officially begins. The Tampa Bay here. winning the Stanley Cup uh, just a few hours ago. Clay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great for many reasons, Parker. Number one, I'm a little confused, though. Like, I'm... How am I seeing us on Twitter right now? Like, that is pretty cool. I can't believe it works. I'm so excited. Uh, well, I'll let you explain to everyone what we're doing. But basically, I know we're live on Twitter, which is really our normal thing. I know we're still on YouTube, which is good. I know there's still going to be a podcast. And I'm in a good mood because, Parker, tomorrow, my wife, Gail, and I celebrate 21 years of marital bliss. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Very, Thank you. very good to hear. Thank you. Same day uh, as Fangirl. Her birthday. So we will nice. never forget each other's big days. Yes. And happy birthday to Fangirl as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, while we're here, I guess we'll address sort of what's going on. Of course, <laughs> last time we tried to stream this on Monday, everything fell apart, kind of like it did last Monday. Um, but now we are on a new platform and everything just gets better from here. We have production value. We've got banners that can appear <laughs> on screen as we go. Uh, we can see you in the comments right here. Lucas is fired up about the show tonight. Justin yes. says it looks sharp and that Canucks After Dark is making history. Yes. This is so cool. I've wanted to switch this for a while and this was the boost we needed to do it. So I'm super fired up about this and we hope you guys are too. And for those of you listening on the podcast side, I recommend jumping over and taking a look at the video because it's actually pretty sweet. And of course, nothing on that side will change. Uh, we will still have the podcast up just moments after the show ends. Uh, so yeah, really, really exciting. Yeah, and the one uh, thing I'm scared about, uh, Parker, people won't see this, but I know in the back end for us, there's the comments tab, and right next to it, there's the private chat tab. So if you have to send something to me or I got to send something to you, we got to make sure that we're not making fun of anyone that's in the chat, right? Basically, Yeah, we're just throwing people under the bus right in the comments. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're nice to you guys off of stream, course. of course. Um, lots of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, of course, Stanley Cup final just finished up a uh, mere what, two hours ago. Chris Faber in the chat. Hello. Wow. His first time Pod stopping in here. Podcasting, Podcasting legend. legend. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Stanley Cup finals, Lightning winning their back to back cups. Uh, and then a bunch of other stuff. We got a bunch of key dates to talk about here. Uh, mm -hmm. Buyout window opening tomorrow, expansion draft, entry draft, free agency. Everything's coming up over the next handful of days, basically a handful of weeks. We'll talk about Nate Schmidt. We'll talk about Jay Beagle. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff. So make sure you stay tuned for the entire hour. And uh, yeah, let's get it started. Clay, where do you want to go first? Well, we can go anywhere. But what's really funny is remember on Monday night when we tried to do this, Parker, and we were saying, yeah, it's like two weeks and two days until everything starts happening. Well, if you, now it's only two weeks away. Uh, but even before that, even before Jan, uh, July 21st and the expansion draft, we have a little thing called the buyout window that you're right, got triggered. Basically, as soon as that final whistle went, 24 hours later, it is the buyout window opens and the Canucks have a few candidates, some 
more appealing than others that potentially they could buy out, save some money and uh, go after some other players. So, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of huge days coming up. And of course, this all yeah. starts with a buyout window. And, and basically the rules on that is from 24 hours after the Stanley Cup final ends, which is about 8 p.m. So that's why we have 8 p.m. here uh, mm. until basically until the day, the night before free agency. So that'll be July 27th, be the last yep. day of the buyout window. And there's a few candidates for buyouts. I'd say there's probably between one and three and i think only one is actually realistic and look buyouts don't happen very often in the nhl you know it's a handful every year at most um but of course you know it looks like we'll have at least one on the docket this year yeah and i think uh no surprise for people um with jake for is name his name is the one that's been out there because not only because of actually his his uh i don't say legal trouble yet but his obviously what he's going through but uh, we've talked about this before because of his age, because he's under a certain threshold, you actually save more by buying him out than you would anyone. I think, I think 25 is the, is the app, right? Or 26. Yeah, or it's 25 yeah. or 26. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, basically the way it works. So the way a normal buyout works is that uh, it's two thirds of the rest of the money left on your contract over double the remaining length of the contract. So basically uh, if you have a guy who's making $2 million this year, you can instead pay him like a quarter or two thirds of a million for the next two years instead. Uh, but the way it works for extra young players in Jake Furtanen's shoes being, you know, 25, uh, 26, 24, that sort of age range. Um, it's, it's one third. So it's half of the cap hit. So for a Jake Furtanen, we're talking about instead of being, instead of paying him two and a 2.55 million, which is his cap hit for this year, mm-hmm. it would be, for this year and then $500,000 next year. So instead of, you know, the 2.55, you're basically paying him absolutely nothing uh, over the next, uh, over the next two years. And because of that doubling the time left on the contract, that's why it doesn't make sense to buy out anyone who has more than a year left. Cause if it's a guy with two years left, now you're paying him over four. Yes. You're paying him less, but now you have that contract for four, six, eight years on the books. So that's interesting, Parker, because if we agree that Jake Bertanen might be, you know, the most opportune one, it's funny. Holtby, Roussel, Beagle, Erickson all have one year left. So according to my little math, at least time horizon, you'd at least look at them, but then you got to look at how much do you save versus just putting them in Abbotsford. I almost said Utica, putting them in Abbotsford and you're already going to save 1.1 or so there. So are you going to save much more than that? Does it make sense? Right. And The Athletic did a really good breakdown of this um, like yeah. a month ago, I think. Uh, and basically, you know, you look at the Jake Furtanen one. It's like, okay, well, you could put him in Abbotsford, but I don't think that's a good idea just based on everything that's going on. But you yeah. could, in theory, just strictly cap-wise, you could put him in Abbotsford. It would save about a million bucks. Um, but this year, since you have to pay him basically nothing for this year because because uh, um, his contract had a little more front load to it, um, you know, you're talking literally nothing, like literally fifty thousand dollars this year, uh, and it would save about one point five million or one point four million or so. Uh, but when we look at those other guys, where we're talking about, you're literally saving about a million dollars this year. It's like, okay, yep. well, you can do that by sending him to to AHL, right, to Abbotsford. Right. So in those two cases, it doesn't really make sense. And right. you know, Jake Furtanen's the main one. The only other one that kind of makes a little bit of sense is Braden Holtby. If you really want that money off the books this year, because um, the way that would go is you'd basically save about two point seven million dollars this year. 
but then you'd have to bring in a backup goalie to replace him, right? So that's another million off of that. So about 1.6 million, but it would cost you 1.9 next year instead of zero next year, which is what it would be if you just let it run out. So I'm thinking on everyone who expires this year, the Holtby's, the Ericsson's, Beagle, Roussel, that whole glut of money, just we're so close. (laughs) Like Write write it out. It's one year away. Let's just eat it for a year. This isn't a team that's winning the Stanley Cup this year. So let's just eat it for the, for the one year instead of no. bleeding it into yet another season next year where it's just more stuff to worry about. You're right. Hopi, Roussel, Beagle, Erickson, and Luongo's cap recapture penalty. They all come off the books at the end of next season. Yeah, I forgot about Luongo. Wow, that's yeah. going to be a nice $3 million of yeah. extra money. It's crazy. It's just people stupid. Keep, people keep saying it's a flat cap, but I think it's going up for the Canucks here because <laughs> there's a, a bunch of money coming off the books, although a bunch of money being added onto the books. And we've gone over, of course, the Pedersen and Hughes contracts in depth yes. many times. Um, so that's, uh, you know, just a bunch of a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, but the mm-hmm. buyouts, the buyout window is going to be interesting. Um, I haven't really followed the rest of the league very closely to see w- what other teams, like what other options there are, what other likely buyouts there are. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting to see, right? You do have the potential for some guys on maybe some bloated contracts around the league to get bought out and then yeah. be willing to take a league minimum deal next year. Uh, and that could be a way to maybe bring in some guys on cheaper contracts as well. Good point. And at the end of last year's Stanley Cup bubble that Tampa Bay won as well, you know, the buyout window starts, but then you're hearing flat cap, right? Because they had come back from this the new CBA coming back to the bubble, but they were saying flat cap, but no one really knew what that meant. And now that we know that the salary cap is not going to go up for another two or three years, you're right, Parker. It's going to be more uh, important. This this buyout window is going to be more important. More teams are going to be looking for flexibility, and the Vancouver Canucks are definitely going to be one of them, or they at least should be one of them. Yeah, and it's one of those times where it's just like you gotta you got to weaponize whatever abilities you have, um, yeah, whether yeah. that is your limited cap space, uh, which they, they kind of did with Nate Schmidt last year, although that – looks to have potentially been a failed experiment at this point. Uh, and then, you know, the whole expansion draft uh, coming up this year, the the potential for cheap free agents, because you're going to have to replace those guys, you know, whether it's this year or next year, right? Are you bringing back Matthew Highmore? Are you bringing back Travis Boyd, Jimmy VC, right? Like these are some names that probably you're not going to bring back next year. You're going to have to go out and find guys. Travis Hamanick, for example, right? Are you going to be willing to pay him double what you paid him this year because he had a good year and he can actually get some money and some security elsewhere? Or do you go elsewhere and you try to make those bets on guys where you can spend a million bucks for a year, bring them in, get value, and then just keep churning through those uh, is sort of your best bet. Um, And this is, you know, this could be a way that that gets done. Since you mentioned it, can I uh, can I give you my Nate Schmidt conundrum, if that's cool? Sure. Let's talk awesome. about Nate Schmidt. Oh, how did you you basically did that before I even said it? That's yep. that's so impressive. <laughs> Everyone liked the video just for the fact that Parker is ESP. That, that was pretty cool. Okay, a, a couple of things. You know, and we talked about this before, even off air. I'm we we're both not very click baby, right? Like, like that, that's kind of not our style. We like generally like to report on news, anticipate it, sure. But definitely report on news once it's confirmed. I I, I won't speak for you, Parker, but I don't like to do a lot of trade rumor videos. I, I I wouldn't say it's easy or a crutch. Like people do them and do them well and real research, good on them. But I don't like to do them. But this Nate Schmidt one has been in the you know on in the media for the past three to four weeks, ever since the season ended for the Canucks or even longer. 
So I got a, I, did, I talked about it again today. A couple I got a couple of comments. Oh, this is such clickbaity, clickbaity. But here's my thing. Okay, forget about that. Isn't that crazy perspective? When we got him on Thanksgiving weekend last year, the the narrative was, wow, what a steal! A top four defenseman for a, a third round draft pick who might not ever pan out. And just right. ten months later, the narrative is, wow, this guy makes a lot of money. How are we going to survive with a 30 year old uh, with four more years at $6 million? Isn't that crazy? Well, that was always, that was kind of, I think that was part of the narrative off the trade too was, okay, look, this is a very good bet, right? Yes. He makes a lot of money for, for quite a bit of time, but he is a bona fide top four defenseman from a contending team, Mm -hmm. a team that has a strong, uh, strong defense in Vegas. Uh, who looks like it's going to be a really solid offensive piece for a team that has no defense, frankly, <laughs> right? Like, this is a team where defense is the biggest hole it has been forever. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who is a, a bona fide top four defenseman. Now, yep. the risk was that he might have been, whether it's being propped up by the players around him in Vegas or whether it's just being on a team where his style works better, where he comes here he doesn't he regresses he doesn't play up to his level that he had played for the last few years and now you're not stuck with a contract because i do think he i think he has more positive value than negative value um because i i think at the end of the day teams can look at this and be and they can say they can sort of trick themselves into believing he's still good right they can look at it and be like okay well he was really good the last few years and Mm -hmm pandemic and trade to a new team and this team's bad and all these things and they can if if a team likes nate schmidt they can trick themselves into really liking nate schmidt still so yeah. i don't i don't think it's one of those things where it's like what like are you are you gonna struggle to get a, like a third back or even nothing back like whatever right a third round pick worth the gamble all the yeah. time and yeah. i would say it's worth not trading him if nate schmidt didn't allegedly want to be traded now right we haven't heard out of nate schmidt's mouth that he wants to be traded and that's why people would come to your your video sure. and say like oh it's clickbait whatever yeah where there's smoke there's fire and if we're talking about four weeks basically <laughs> at a month of the media saying you know people who, who have you know some of them have better sources than others not going to yeah. name any names um, but you know, when all of them are, you know, slowly just throwing little things out there, like, ah, it sounds like nature might not want to be here. Sounds like they're looking at shopping them elsewhere. This, that, just all these little things, right. They sort of stack up and eventually you start to think, well, they're getting this from somewhere. Right. Mm. I don't think that someone said it and all the media members are like, Ooh, I, I like this. And they all just kept building a snowball. I think that, you know, there's probably some smoke somewhere. Um, and look, if you have a guy on your team who doesn't want to be on your team, and if I'm Nate Schmidt and you go from a perennial contending team in Vegas where you're a really big part of it and you're loved by the fans there uh, up yeah. to, and then the, the year experience you have is going to Vancouver, a different country that has that is completely locked down, no fans in the stands. You have just no, there's, there was no fun this year. Right. And he can look back on, you know, the, that's gotta be a great time in Vegas. Right. So if that's his thought, like I can't blame him, I would probably be thinking a similar thing. So, and to uh, that point, actually, can you Parker, can you put up Christopher DeMarco's latest comment from about 10, 13 PM? Sure. Yeah, just because he says exactly what you were just talking about is Nate Schmidt. He's a very sociable person. And because of the pandemic, he didn't get to know his teammates. Well, I feel next year he'll be significantly better. I I think that's a great point. And you just made it, Parker, uh, is that 
yeah, social. We've seen the way when he was mic'd up. That was like one of the most popular videos of the year. Mm-hmm. We know that this guy thrives. Oh, we can presume that he thrives on interaction. He's an extrovert. And yeah, he didn't get to enjoy anything. His teammates, the city, the beautiful city we have. Maybe, maybe it was just a rough transition year for him. And, and maybe he will be a lot better. And I hope so. I like him. I really, really Me like too. him. Can you do one more favor? Uh, four above that, a uh, fangirl. What trade value do you think he has? Yeah. So this is tricky because I heard Thomas Drance talk about bundling Nate Schmidt with a, uh, maybe another player, another asset, and then you're then you can go after like a big fish, uh, like a Ryan Hart or a Seth Jones, right, or something like that, or or you you get your third back and you call it a day kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, and if, I mean if you're if you're able to go out and get a third back then it's like, okay, it was a wash, right? It literally, yeah. it literally had no effect except we had a, a fun guy. We got a fun mic'd up video out of it, and that's yeah. basically it. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and if, you know, you're you're talking about, I don't know, like it's just, it's got to, it's so weird, right? Like, it, I think if he comes back next year and we have a sold-out arena for h- half the games because the team kind of sucks, um, but you know, the, you have fans in the stands, you have a fun environment, right? Like a Saturday night game against Montreal. Like, yeah, I can see him sort of thriving in that. And like, you know, has a few good games in those scenarios. And suddenly he's having a great time. The team wins a few games, having a great time, right? The Canucks underperformed this year. Uh, and yeah. you know, Nate Schmidt was a part of that. He also underperformed this year based on his previous seasons. But you know, if you start getting those pieces to all do well, then, we, <laughs> then, you know, th- these problems start to go away. Uh, it just is whether or not uh, he wants to stick it out this year. And he has every right to say he doesn't. Yeah, no, you're right on. So I, okay. Lastly, let's, let's put this topic to rest for now. Do you want him back? And do you think he'll be back? Yeah. Why not? Um, whether I want him back. Sure. Right. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's a blip, right? It's one bad year. I don't think he was really utilized in his strong suit. Right. You know, yeah. we're, you know, I, I think, you know, the bringing in like a Bradshaw might help um, sort of the, the whole defensive side was, was sort of a goal here. And that might do something useful. Um, do I think he stays? I'm kind of 50 50 just because, you know, when the rumor sort of started, I was like, oh, there's there's no like, again, every time a rumor starts like, oh, it's one guy saying this, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, you know, as everyone starts to say it, it starts to, you know, catch on a little bit. Um, yeah. I think it's really going to depend, right? I think the Canucks are going to have to look at, you know, if he wants to be traded, what's their backup plan, right? Yeah. Where yeah. are they? Do you now have a top four defenseman you have to replace? That's not an easy <laughs> thing to do, right? Um, now, getting, you know, f- a few million off the cap from trading him would make it easier but you know you're you're paying a premium free agency, and it's just it's it's a slippery slope, in my opinion. If if you're actually trying to make the team better, which Jim Benning says he told uh, Nate Schmidt, so yeah, um, yeah it's a it's a weird uh, a weird vibe, I guess. It is, and with you know one thing, I'll, I'll just say this: um, when you have the who we'd probably agree the most connected and most trusted local person, Rick Dollywall, right? Yep. He he's the most connected. And then when you have, I'd say the most trustworthy national person, Elliot Friedman, if they're both reporting independently that there's some something here, then I think you got to give a bit of uh, credence to it for sure. Yeah, and it's hard not yeah. to. Um, yeah, because yeah. these are these are guys who they don't get a lot of things wrong. Uh, frankly, yeah. they are very connected, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I I do hope he stays though. Yes. 
Uh, can you uh, can you put up our grants uh, thing real quick? I'll just address it really quickly. Hey guys, you do a great service to Canucks fans. Thank you, our grant. We appreciate that. Not sure you touched on this, but I'm curious about your thoughts. Who is first on the buyout chopping block? So our grant, you may have just got here. That was actually the first thing we led with. So we'd ask you to, it's awesome you're here. Go back when we're done and, and watch maybe from the five minute mark on. And actually that's the first topic that we address, but and, thank you. And the answer is Jake for Tannen. All right, yes. moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me uh, put that comment away and uh, yeah. let's go. Where do you want to go next? Uh, go, off of give the me a, talk. Put the random topic generator up and we'll see what happens. Oh, I don't know. That's not a button I have. Uh, okay. Let's, <laughs> well, maybe we should talk, you know, about 20 minutes in. We do have, you know, a fair amount of people here. Do we want to talk about sort of our scheduling plans for the next little while here with the show? It's sort of, yeah. you know, some things are changing up. Sure. Um, let's Show talk about the, yeah. some key dates. So we already talked about buyouts, right? Buyouts starting literally tomorrow, but then it's the, it's the peak off season coming up. So next week, not a lot going on, you know, the, we, you know, the, nothing really, but then we have the expansion draft on July 21st. That's yes. a Wednesday. Then we have the, the NHL draft July 23rd on a Friday. And then free agency opens on July 28th. Also a Wednesday. Mm. If you're noticing a pattern here, there's today's Wednesday and we're doing mm. a show next week. Nothing going on. The two weeks after that Wednesdays are big days. So because of that, we're going to bump all of our shows for the month of July to Wednesday. And because of that, this adds a lot of just oh, more timely coverage because as this, yeah, <laughs> as this ticker goes along here, you'll see. So July 14th, just a regular show, regular weekly show. Uh, July 21st, Seattle, the Seattle expansion draft. We can do a show literally that night, right after it happens. July 23rd, a Friday, we're doing an extra show. So you'll have two shows that week. We'll do one for the NHL draft, at least the first round, talk about the Canucks pick. And then July 28th, the following Wednesday is right after the start of free agency. So lots of stuff going on on Wednesdays this month. So we thought, you know what? Let's move them all to Wednesdays. We'll add an extra show in here to make up for it on the NHL draft day. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's a good strategic move by us. Um, I, You know what's ironic? Chronic Hands says, nicely done, Clay. And he his <laughs> name is Hands. And I was the one. Yeah, it was, I, <laughs> I did practice that, though. But yes, it makes sense because, like you said, the technical difficulties moved us to Wednesday today. Then two out of the next three big dates of, uh, you know, of Canucks and NHL talk will happen on Wednesday nights. Throw in an extra Friday night in there, and I don't think anyone will complain, Parker. Absolutely. It's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, really yes. looking forward to it. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel so you, it pops up whenever we're live. Uh, and make sure you're basically subscribed to everything. On your podcast platform, make sure, you know, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and go leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts because that's great, and we'll read it out on the show. Can you just put up Amrits? <laughs> oh, it went away. There we go. You guys are you guys got to be quicker here. We've been live for 23 minutes, Amrit. Look, we're not trying to call you out or anything. No, we're happy. Like we're not here. being we're mean. Uh, but we did literally just talk about this like like for the last 10 minutes. So uh, after the show, go back, rewind. Uh, it's all here on YouTube on the VOD, so you can go back, rewind it, or download the podcast later and catch up. All right. Um, so yeah, now you guys know our, our shows for the rest of the, uh, our rest, the rest of the month here, yeah. uh, they'll, I'll keep them on the bottom for a while here. So anyone awesome. joining in knows uh, about the rest of our month. 
But Amrit, we appreciate your you watching, of course. And uh, yeah, uh, we, we did a good few minutes on it. So please check that out. Uh, no, no, it's not your bad. It's fine. Hey, do you have a Jay Beagle banner? Jay Beagle. Do I have a Jay Beagle banner? What a question. Of course oh, I have oh, a Jay oh. Beagle banner. Okay. Um, did you not, know? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Rick Dollywall uh, shared on his show. So we use his name a lot because he is the, the most trusted source and he's so well connected. He was the one who, who, at least for me, it was the first time I heard that Beagle's issue was a neck injury. Did you know that before? No, I had yeah. almost no information. Me too. I thought given his age and just older guys, whatever, it's usually maybe a groin or, or something, uh, you know, lower body, but something soft tissue, just yes. something stretching. Yeah. But next kind of scary, but I guess the good news, uh, no, it's not, I guess the good news is it sounds like he's ready to play. Um, unless you are one who wanted him to start on LTIR to free up that money, but that's kind of a mean way of looking at that. We have a lot of time to talk about that. So Jay Beagle, are you okay with him being our fourth line center next season? Yeah. And yeah. it's the same as it's the same. Like, so I guess the the original thing was there was rumors that Jay Beagle just wouldn't be around next year. Like he yeah. wouldn't be able to play. Um, now, obviously we want him to be healthy purely cap wise. That would have been better. However, you're paying him $3 million. If you're going to have him as your 4C, that's fine. Your yeah. other options. I mean, what Brandon Sutter, if you're going to bring him back, but you can't, I, you can't have both, <laughs> in my opinion. That's sort of where I draw the line. You can have Brandon Sutter. You can have Jay Beagle. But you can only have one of them. Yeah. Because I don't want this team to have Brandon Sutter as a third-line center. Now, the thing about that is you can have one of them in the press box or mm -hmm. in Abbotsford, even though they're, you know, Beagle's making too much money. But you can have him in Abbotsford because either way, you're paying him regardless, right? The problem is you're going to have a coach who the second he has the chance, the second a team, the team loses two, three games in a row, he's going to think we need a Jay Beagle. We need someone I can trust <laughs> on the fourth line. And it's just like, we're going to just keep doing this dance again where we're bringing, we're just bringing back mediocre players that make too much money. Um, yeah. But look, he's already getting paid. It can't hurt, you know, bring him back. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I've always said, Parker, that uh, to me, Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter are not identical players, but they are redundant players. Mm -hmm. They do the exact same things well. You know, they are good leaders in the room on the ice. They can kill penalties. They're responsible defensively. They can win draws, but they contribute almost next to nothing. I know Sutter had one hat trick, but almost next to nothing offensively. So yeah. Yeah, I know. So uh, you're right. Uh, you put any of those two guys, you put both of those guys in your bottom six. And you've really kind of doused your creativity, your your scoring, your your offensive um, awareness. So I, I'm with you. And if you're right, Beagle's under contract for one more year, and he's he's serviceable for sure. Yeah, yeah. Agam says you can just leave them both out of the lineup, <laughs> which uh, fair play <laughs> to that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I totally agree. And yeah, they're yeah. not identical players, but they fill the same role. Yes. Uh, and at the end of the day, that is a replacement level fourth line player. Uh, fourth line yep. center and at the end yep. of the day you, you don't need you don't need three of those right <laughs> <laughs> um let's go a little bit off topic this isn't something i have a banner for um okay. but, but lucas left a comment here um the team mm. name for abbotsford dropping on friday now look we won't be able to talk about that till next wednesday instead of monday now um yep. now the rumors are abbotsford canucks right and you didn't like that. When we talked about this two weeks ago, you didn't like that I at all. I hate it. 
oh, I, I don't like it at all. Now, will I care that much overall? Probably not. Right. But it's it's the opportunity to do something cool. Yeah. And they're not doing something cool. So I just, I think it's boring. Something like, you know, Aviators seem to be sort of the leader on the, on the, as a non-Canucks name. That would have been good. Uh, I personally yeah. liked Aces, and I think I said that a lot. Um, yeah. But I am good with, uh, you know, I'd prefer Aces or Aviators. Canucks is just bland to me. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to build brand reputation, you know, good marketing, it kind of yeah. makes sense. But it's just kind of boring. We do see from a marketing, yes, strategic standpoint, just a brand awareness thing. This is the easy way for sure. Because you can go, uh, maybe not logo, but you can go colors, um, you know, those kind of themes for sure. And I, I one point that a, a few people, I think Justin brought it up in the chat and I, I know as well, it's not uncommon that your farm team has the same name as your pro team. I'm just looking at a list right now. Bridgeport Islanders, Providence Bruins, Wilkes-Barre, Scanton uh, Penguins, Belleville Senators, Iowa Wild, and Texas Stars. So that's already six other teams that have the same thing, for Absolutely. better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a ton, and it, it, it does make sense, right? It's, but even if you're trying to bring in new fans in Abbotsford, yep. Chilliwack Mission, right? If they see, oh, the, the Abbotsford Aces are playing tonight. What's that? A Junior mm -hmm. B team, right? Like, that's probably, <laughs> that might be their first instinct, right? Like, oh, the pilots rebranded or something like that. Uh, but if they see Abbotsford Canucks, they're like, yep. oh, is that like the Vancouver Canucks? Is it the same thing? It's like, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's, you know, if, for the more casual observer, it does make some sense. Yeah. What's interesting, the timing, like, there's a, a guy named Ben Litka who works for, who writes for the Abbotsford News. And he wrote, he did a good research piece on this. And he's the one who kind of broke it first. He also said that they, the Canucks, Parker, had been uh, reserving domain names and social media accounts all the way from May 5th, May 5th, that's two months ago, even before they asked the fans, what would they prefer? Yeah, I think that's pretty common business okay. practice wise. I think basically whenever a company is thinking of a new product, they're like, well, let's yeah. grab the domain name. Because if we True. if we leak that this thing is going to be a thing, there's going to be some group of people that go try to snag the domain names and try to sell them to us for 30 grand, right? So right. it just kind of makes sense to, uh, you know, Let's just, let's just grab all the names, uh, at once D domain names are cheap, right? We're talking right. They're like literally to reserve them for a year. They're probably spending like 20 bucks a domain name. Right. Okay. So we're talking, you know, a $400 investment, uh, right. to secure all the names and then you can just let them go after, after a while. So, um, really I know Lucas, bought, Lucas bought, Lucas bought a bunch of them, which is good, which is smart. Yeah. <laughs> good investment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it looks like it'll be Canucks, but you know, yeah. I hope it goes elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. All right. What else do we have on the list here? Um, do we want to talk? I mean, it's 1030, which is our normal time. Where oh, we, yeah. Where we do ask you guys uh, to submit your don't do that. And if now we can new, show them. Yeah. And then we can put them on screen. So if you guys are new, uh, every, every, single, uh, every single week we do a segment called don't do that. Uh, basically, you put in, you know, X, Y, Z don't do that um i don't know yeah. not uh, score not scoring a goal in game five of the stanley cup finals when you need a win don't do that um do so that. go go throw them in throw them in the chat and we can put them on screen even if you're watching on twitter they I can still put them on screen it's super cool That's so amazing. uh go do that and uh and yeah. uh, we'll come back to that for sure uh i don't know how long it takes for them to pop up but <laughs> well, i got one I, just before i forget 
buying Louis Erickson out and extending his stay here. Don't do that. Well, buying him out wouldn't extend his stay. It would extend his contract. Oh, yeah. Extend his yeah, cap yeah. It. yeah. But he'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> he would be gone. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> Oh, Coach Rob got AbbotsfordCanucks.org. Very, very. Wow. Uh, we had Justin. Uh, uh, oh, it moved. Uh, there we go. Uh, bringing or being uh, being Nikita Kucherov unfiltered in his press conference to the media after winning the cup. Don't do that, Justin. I disagree. That was great. Uh, I look. This is a guy who literally just won the Stanley Cup. He just he was just drink. He was just crushing beers in the dressing room. He's out there having a good time, talking some smack to Montreal. Look, oh, yeah. this is this is what we want out of hockey, right? There's so many people who are like, "Oh, I wish could, I wish hockey players were interesting." Like basketball does so much marketing of their star players and and you know the the trash talk that they do and their Twitter personalities and all these things. Canucks players or uh, hockey players, it's all just a bunch of very regular guys who don't say anything and and stay on the beaten path. So I think it's fun uh, at the end of the day. I, I've hinted here. I, I've heard Kucherov's a bit of a jerk, actually. Like that doesn't uh, surprise me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it from a couple of people who, who actually know him. But oh, I, I see some funny technical difficulty ones. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Infernal. We had Nux yep. fan guys. Look, it worked for twelve weeks. Okay, <laughs> we. <laughs> but now we have a more fun platform. At least it's fun to be able to show these on uh, on the stream. That's yeah, pretty um, amazing. Uh, Andrew says, don't have a parade if you don't actually win the Stanley Cup. Uh, did, did Montreal have an actual parade? I thought they just had like some people hanging out outside, kind of like the fire bending parade that we had in, in Vancouver a couple months ago. Andrew's a good man. I know him from uh, ministry. So yeah, it's nice to see you, Andrew. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. There's some good, well, there's some good ones in there. Sign, uh, put up, uh, Ag- um, Agamtej, uh, signing character guys. That was a good one. Uh, where'd it go? He had like three. Yeah. Uh, Agam, yeah. uh, signing character guys in your bottom six. Don't do that. You can sign character guys. Just don't pay them as if yeah. they are. Don't pay them as, because he won the Stanley Cup as a fourth line center or a third line yeah. center. That's character guys who can valuable. play. That's that's okay. Character guys who can play. Yeah. Right. Uh, Pat Maroon isn't the reason that he's won the last <laughs> three Stanley Cups, right? Tampa Bay's winning the Stanley Cup this year if he doesn't play for them and they have a, a replacement level player in his spot. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's won three Stanley cups. He can go anywhere and get paid because he's like, yeah, I have three rings. Like you want, you're not going to give me $3 million a year, $4 million a year. Um, and that's, you know, it's a thing that GMs get sucked to. They try to replicate. Yep. They're all like, well, let's look at the last team that won it and let's try to build that. And then four yeah. years later, once they've actually built it, three different styles of team have won it and you're way behind the curve already. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The good thing is with Tampa winning, they, and maybe, maybe this would be a good segue. We can talk a bit about the series. They they can win a, either way. They can outscore you. They can clamp it down because of how good their decor is and Vasilevsky, of course. Uh, they're not. They can play tough, right? So it's not like they're one. They only play one style. And I, you know, obviously, there's two teams out there. It's not like Tampa could exert their will and Montreal had to just. But you could just see that. Um, yeah, the, Montreal was outclassed, and I'm not bitter because they had the Canucks number. No, Montreal. Peaked at the right time. They had a heck of a run, as, as some people have mentioned. But we were talking about David and Goliath here easily. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is sort of that whole argument of you just got to make the playoffs and anyone <laughs> can do it. Right. And it's like, yeah, but you have to win. Like, let's say you just squeak in and make the playoffs like Montreal did. You have to 
beat four teams that are built better than you if your goal is just just get in right yeah, yeah. montreal pulled it off against toronto because toronto had a monumental collapse they they walked over winnipeg but that's yep. a different story they shouldn't have beat vegas uh i mean they outplayed they played really well but you know on paper they were built worse than vegas but mm -hmm. vegas has their own demons that they just can't seem to get over they just keep getting goalied uh and then they had yeah. to do it a fourth time against the best team back-to-back -back stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning who can yeah. score who can defend who is one of the best offensive teams in the league, yet they've just won two con Smice with a defenseman and a goalie, right? Like these teams, it's so, it's so, it's built so well that if your goal is just get in, it's like, okay, well, you're giving yourself, let's say you're a team that's giving yourself a 30% chance to win every series, right? You multiply that by four and suddenly you're down to basically 2% chance to yeah. win the Stanley Cup. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. And I, you mentioned Vasilevsky. What a stat. Five consecutive season clinching games shutouts from. That's unreal. That's unreal. Yeah. That it's, is unreal. And it's just clutch. Yeah. Like it's yep. it's the clutch gene. And not that yep. he was bad in the other games. I don't know what his final save percentage was, but it was probably like 940. Um <laughs> you know, if you're if you like literally the last their four series that they won this playoff were all shutouts that's absurd and i'm yeah. sure it speaks a lot to their defense their their defensive side saying all right yeah. we're gonna go out there we're gonna play hard and we're just gonna not let you score that's great um but you know if your goalie if your goalie literally doesn't allow a goal in games that you can advance in the series you can't yeah. lose a series ever <laughs> so it's uh yeah vasilevsky was incredible I've always liked him. And then when I had Kevin Woodley on my vlog uh, last week, he was talking about some of the stuff Vasilevsky does really well. And then I watched some of it today and it's amazing. I, they made a point on the episode of pointing out uh, on the episode on, on the broadcast of pointing out how, when he kicks out rebounds, he literally kicks them out to his teammates. He doesn't just stop them. Mm -hmm. He is already anticipating firing his right leg out and the pucks going up the middle. It's crazy. He's so good. Yeah. They had a, they showed one clip um, late in the game when it was just his stick work. Like he makes two really good saves yeah. and then Corey Perry is right there going for a rebound and he still gets his stick there to clear to the corner before Perry can. And Perry's only goal is to get a stick on the puck. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Vasilevsky is trying to make a save and he's doing all this stuff and he's just thinking the game ahead <coughs> and he's, uh, he's just, I, he's the best goalie in hockey right now. And yeah. I, I mean, look, Carey Price played extremely well. But if you don't have the team in front of you to help uh, and you're going up against that Tampa team, you're going to have some trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Now there's don't get suckered. There's do that. There's a lot of different. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a bunch some, of uh... some segment ideas there. That's good. That's good. I disagree with what Agam says here. Anything about saying anything bad about Mark Bergevin, because if you say something bad about him, he could beat you up. He has the he's he's built. So oh, he's massive. We are we are um, we are Mark Bergevin fans here, and we will is, never say yeah. anything bad. <coughs> Excuse me. Why does he wear jackets when he can just show off his pipes? He's just wearing tank tops everywhere, <laughs> like sitting in the press box. Like just the intimidation factor, right? You're on the draft floor. You walk up to another team to make a trade, exactly in a tank top, and you just like kind of stand over the guy, and you're like, yeah, you, probably get extra oh. extra draft pick out of it. <laughs> like, I think I think you're throwing in a third round yes. pick here exactly. uh, it's like you know you're not gonna say no to that guy yeah that's funny hey i don't i know this isn't on our show notes but i, I gotta ask you 
as the draft is coming up, maybe it is in our show notes. I can't remember now. Um, have you been hearing more or less about certain players? Are, is there more guys that you're kind of more interested in now? Oh, there you go. Perfect. For the, for the Canucks <laughs> to start off. Yeah. Um, uh, not a lot. I still have been kind of lazy looking at looking at draft prospects. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people doing their mocks on Twitter. Um, I just don't really. I just. I, I I we didn't really get to. There weren't like highlights being played of these guys all year like yeah. we usually get. Yeah. Right. We usually see like all right, you know, the draft's coming up. Here's a bunch of clips from these people who are playing around the NHL because they haven't been or around the WHL and and the college and all this stuff, but they just haven't been playing really. So yeah. I haven't really done my research. Um, I'm sure, you know, over the next three weeks, we have three weeks or two weeks, two weeks, and two days, 16 days yeah. uh, until episode 15 of Cuts yeah. After Dark. Uh, 16. Episode 16. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll do some research by then. Uh, sure. And I, 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 I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, Parker. I was just wondering because I know I, I've only really studied the top 10 um, and it helped that I spoke to Cam. But... Uh, Ken Robertson, but the one name is there's a defenseman named Simone Edvinson, and some people have him ranked as high as three or four, yeah. and others I've seen him fall out of people's top ten. So that's the one that's interesting, and I I, I don't know if his name is linked to the Canucks at all, but uh, you know the I, I think we'd agree that the Canucks are weakest at, in you know on the blue line right now when it comes to prospects. So yeah, we'll see. There's always there's always a couple of these prospects that are so divisive, and you have yeah. you know the. The scouts that you sort of follow on Twitter, right? Like Cam Robinson, J.D. Burke, like guys yeah. like this, where one of them will say, this guy is going to be an absolute stud. And then this other guy's like, third round. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's just like, you know, people see different things in these players. And, you know, you got to wonder what, you know, our, you know your GM uh, and your scouting group is seeing. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're just sort of at their mercy. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get what seems to be your reach and you get, you know, one of the best centers, uh, one of the best, you know, under 23 centers in the NHL uh, in Elias yeah. Pettersson. So it's, you know, it, the draft yeah. is, is kind of a crapshoot and we're just along for the ride. Yes, yes. I, I will say one more thing. I know, and I saw a couple people in the chat mention it right when we came on, this name of Mason McTavish, he's coming up. And he could be a bonafide third-line center for us. Maybe not this season if we get him, but pretty darn soon. And maybe that's that's the way we fill a hole. But we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to research. And there's a lot of movement that can happen prior to that. Because the cool thing is we simply don't know what the other eight teams are going to do before us. Nope, and we get those yeah. curveballs every year, right? You get the Barrett Hayton picks, you get the Kakanami picks, you get yeah. the Moritz Cider picks, um, Phillips Zadina drop, like all these like weird things that go on that you know allow you to grab a Quinn Hughes who is supposed to go like fifth overall, um, yeah. and you know all these things, all these weird things can happen. You know, you have Pod Colson who was projected to be second or third overall, and then over mm -hmm. the course of a year he drops to ten. Uh, and you're starting to think, well, are these other teams seeing something that we're not, or what are we, what are we getting ourselves into here? So yeah. definitely going to be, uh, definitely going to be cool to cool to see, you know, who comes out of it. And of yep. course, Friday, uh, July 23rd, uh, we will have a show NHL draft special that night, 10 PM. So make sure, uh, make sure you watch it and, uh, and we'll be here to, to, uh, to talk about our thoughts on the pick. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably have like, we'll probably each be live during the draft or doing something. So, uh, make sure you make sure you're subscribed to both of us and do all that good stuff. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be really good. What else we got? Um, I don't know. What else do we got? Um, <laughs> you did, um, we talked about Beagle. Um, do we want to talk, do we want to talk about Duncan Keith? 
Yeah, we can talk for a couple minutes. I, I, it came up in the chat too. Yeah, sure. Um, so we've seen. I mean, look. Obviously, we don't. We're not real big Duncan Keith fans here. Um, very much at the tail end of his career. Um, yes. You know, he's what thirty nine at this point. I can't pull it up. Um, he is thirty seven. Might as well okay. be thirty nine. Um, and he's got, you know, he's got some, he's got some bad contract left on him. I think he's got two more years. So next year and the year after at five and a half million dollars, um, very low actual dollars, very front loaded contract. Mm. Uh, but 5.5 million. Now, if we're talking about him basically saying that he wants to go to Pacific Northwest, basically, right? So Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary are sort of your your limits there. And I think it's because of like a Kamloops uh, he wants to be close to uh, or something like that I heard was the connection. Um, mm. So if we're talking a team that would take, let's say Chicago retains half, right? Then we're talking about Duncan Keith at 2.7. Um, what did he do last year? 15 points in 54 games. Uh, so his offense, you know, he was really good offense to a defenseman, right? Peaked at 60, uh, 69 points yeah. one year, uh, uh-huh. right? We're talking about a guy who's now on about a 25-point pace. Um, minus 13, obviously, plus minus doesn't tell the story. I don't have his analytics up or anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a guy who's not going to get better at this point, right? Especially not on the Canucks defense. Yeah. Um, I think what I... I, I just don't think the Canucks are a fit. And, and I mean, Rick Dollywall has said uh, it's not going to be Vancouver probably. So now we're looking at, you know, potentially a Calgary or Edmonton connection on, uh, on Duncan Keith here. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a no go zone. And uh, he, if, if the Canucks somehow acquired him, he might be the only player that would get booed. Like a Canucks player that would get booed when he touched the puck. Cause I know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you, I wouldn't forgive him for, that uh, cheap elbow he gave on Sedin in the, no, 22, I, the 2012 uh, Olympics, 2012 playoffs. Yeah, I was at was the uh, I was at the city in Jersey retirement game, which mm-hmm. was against Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course, we were booing every time he touched the puck. It's fun. <laughs> There's, it's fun getting involved in that way. But yeah, like no, we're yeah. not. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Daniel Sedin is in the front office now. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I mean, look, if Daniel can forgive him, I I mean, I I do whatever Daniel Sedin told me to do, um, <laughs> or or any of them. But you know, it's I I just don't see it being a yeah. being a thing. Yeah. Imagine if Daniel's the one who sends off on the trade. Yeah, Whoa. he's like, no, this is a good pick. <laughs> it would be <laughs> that would be wild. Uh, but I highly highly doubt that. That would be crazy. So I think we talked about this last time. Um, but now that we're here, I'm going to give you four options now. Buyout window, expansion draft, rookie draft, or entry draft, and free agency. Of those four, the one that Parker is most excited about is? I think I'm most excited for the Seattle draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's my reasoning. Buyout window, I mean, we're just we're just getting rid of a guy, right? That's not. Yeah. There's nothing really exciting about that. We might see some cool news that comes out of it, like some yeah. weird buyouts that we weren't expecting, but... At the end of the day, that's not very exciting. NHL draft is exciting. The entry draft, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not super invested in the players. Canucks are getting one guy. That'll be fun. Um, or the other one, Seattle draft and free agency. Free yep. agency is fun, but free agency is very scary for, as a Canucks fan. <laughs> so I'm not really excited about it. Uh, yeah. 
I just I'm really interested in what uh, Seattle is going to do. I, it's going to be really neat to see, you know, who they go after on each team, what kind of team they put together. Are the GMs going to try to get ahead of themselves with their protection list like we saw last time? Uh, I am definitely that's the one that the most is up in the air for us because it's literally a team forming out of nothing that is yeah. going to be a direct competitor in the same division as the Vancouver Canucks, uh, which I think is super interesting. Yeah, those are the three that uh, options that I gave. Obviously, those are annual things, whereas expansion draft only comes, well, now twice in the past few decades, right? Anytime there's an expansion team. Yeah, I, I'm still excited about the entry draft, and I, I'm not a prospects expert. I, I never you know, say, said that I was, but um, I still think it's a way to shape our team. It's a way, it's a, a weekend where trades are done. And maybe you kind of get an indication of where teams are, are heading towards in free agency. Regardless, yes, we will add a good player and a much needed player in our prospect system for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. That kind of covers that. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, Agam asks uh, a question that we've sort of answered uh, earlier, uh, but what do the Canucks do with JV? I think they buy him out and I think they do it. Do you think they do it as soon as possible? Like just get it out, like get it out of the way, like do it tomorrow at 8 PM or do they, you know, wait till like a Friday afternoon. Um, what do you think the Canucks try to do here? That's fast because you said this buyout period lasts for a month, right? Until the free agency in or, uh, three weeks. Yeah, that op- it opens tomorrow at eight p.m. and it ends yeah. the day before free agency, the night before free agency. So I think like nine p.m. on the twenty eighth or something like that. Yeah, part of me says, uh, part of me says that they're not going to do it right at eight p.m. because then it, it looks like I don't know. It, it's kind of like <laughs> this is kind of funny because I'm on social media quite a bit. It's kind of like that person who posts like at twelve oh one when it's uh, their birthday or their yeah. anniversary or something, like you just know that they're waiting to do it. I, I kind of said Christmas. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably just offended like half the people in the chat. And I, I do that too. Watch, I, I'll post about my anniversary in about an hour from now, but you know what you I mean? Have to. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've said that, but I do think if the Canucks know that they're going to do it and there's nothing stopping them from doing it, then they know that they have that money. So uh, they can plan. They can still plan yeah. even if they don't announce it yet. So, I, I do agree with you, Parker. I think it'll be relatively early. I just don't know if it's going to be like the first one out of the shoot kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all righty. We've got about 10 minutes left. I think we've run out of topics here that are at least interesting. Uh, <laughs> unless there's anything else on this list that you are super interested in. No, I like going uh, to the people. Let's go to the people. All right. 10 minutes yeah. to go here. Let's get some topics from you guys. You guys have been very active in the chat. Awesome to see. Um, But of course, we are able to pull up your comments now right here on the stream. So whatever you guys want to talk about, um, you know, give us some topics here. If we don't pick yours, we're sorry. There's a good chunk of people in here. uh, Mm -hmm. So we might miss it. Um, I like this one. Let's start with Euros. England or Italy. Did you watch the, the match today? Did not watch the match, but saw the highlights and saw the drama unfold. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I was watching it. Who do you? Who are you rooting for here? I am rooting for Italy because I worked for um, uh, Italian uh, two brothers, Italian brothers at an uh, Italian restaurant, and I remember World Cup watching Italy Brazil. He closed the restaurant down. We all watched. He was drinking. And as soon as Brazil won in penalty kicks, he started to like throwing stuff around the, <laughs> around, around the restaurant. We're like, okay, bye, Pietro. Have a great yeah. night, right? We left. But that, he didn't scare me into cheering for Italy. But I've always uh, been fascinated with their team. I actually, it doesn't matter. It's not like I want England to lose. It's not like I need Italy to win. But if I had to pick one, 
I'd choose for I'd, I'd root for Italy. I'm in the same boat, but I'm rooting for huh. England. So let's oh. get let's do a little friendly wager here. We can All right. figure it out after. But yeah, something. Sure. I'll go Team England. Okay. You go Team Italy. Um, sure. Perfect. Right. Do you want to pick one here? Uh, you keep going because I can't. Uh... Well, you can just say it. I, I can, oh, okay. I, I can grab it. Go with um, go with Pavels. Could this be Jim? Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, could this be Jim Benning's last season as the Canucks GM if they fail to make the playoffs? Yeah, and Pavel, I I get the sense they might not even wait until the end of the season if there's been so much. Whether it's ten people showing up at a fire Benning rally, people renting out hell, uh, you know planes to fly across. This, there's just, it's just a really weird time right now, and I think with fans back in the the building with the promise of uh, we're going to push to make the playoffs. If they get off to a, a really bad start, I could see the Canucks making a move by Christmas. It seems early, but I think it's possible. What do you think, Parker? And we kind of, we were kind of, th- I, at least I was thinking this might happen in February of this last year, right? Yeah. Canucks go on a bad tumble. And it's like, well, if, if you've lost your faith in this guy, you want to do it now, like get, get a new person in there so that they can't make any more mistakes. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this is the, it's, it's this year or bust at this point for Jim Benning. If the Canucks don't make the playoffs this year, I mean, it's, it's too late. Uh, and I, I, yep. yeah, I think Pavel, uh, I, I think he's done if, yeah. And like you said, if they get close, like if they're, if they're 10 wins behind 500, uh, in like, in like January, then I think, yep. yeah, pull the plug. It's over. Uh, let's, yep. let's start fresh. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, R. Grant Laidley asks, are you considering on location next season? What's your, I mean, just you personally, what, what's your, um, when you go to games, what do you do on the YouTube side? Uh, that's a good question. Um, on the YouTube side, uh, I will actually on, when I go to games, I will do intermission reflections, just a two minute thing that I'll put on Twitter only not on YouTube. Cause right. I don't want to, I don't want to bog my YouTube channel with like two minute video here, two minute video there. Then I will usually phone, film my post game, um, my post game recap from the arena right before the ushers kick me out. Actually, the ushers nice. are really good. They, I, they, they usually, I usually say, you know, or get my, my son to hold them off for a couple minutes, <laughs> and then I just post it. But I, I didn't do I didn't do post game live streams actually until this year because of COVID. Because I, you know we were watching all the games from home, right? Home, yeah, not even home or away. Yeah, I mean, yes, home and away. We were watching games from yeah. home. So I I never got into this quandary, Parker, of uh, how am I going to live stream when I'm at the game because I never did post game live stream. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Um, we'll see what happens because I, I want to get to as many games as possible. Yeah, but then I was also going to say I think Grant might be also be asking if if you and I would get together and do something live. But if it's 10 p.m., I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing: now that we're using Streamyard yep. as our as our software of choice. We can yeah. run this from phones or like from a phone if need ah. be. So if we need to do a Monday night after a game from yep. the Roger Nielsen statue, then, you know, if it has to happen, it has to happen. I think that'd be fun. Um, so we'll hilarious. see. We will, uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, Cause I'll definitely yep. try to get to a few games as awesome. Well, yeah, that'd be cool. If we, if we met up and did uh, even if it wasn't a full hour, but a, a quick 20 to half yeah, an hour post game yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Ah, okay, good. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, any other, anything you're, you're, anything sticking out to you? Um, I saw a couple earlier, but I don't want to. Um, 
Uh, Agam asks, what's Jim Benning's biggest mistake in his tenure? It's Louis Erickson, right? Is there yep. a... Yeah. Sold. Okay. <laughs> that one's easy. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of good comments. That's what's tough, right? Like, we're trying to... We don't want to leave anyone out, but we also want to pick the best ones. Um, yeah. Actually, let's go with Lucas's from 1050. Thoughts on past season and the divisions. I know he's he's put a couple comments in the chat asking yeah awesome thanks parker thoughts on the past season and the divisions that the nhl used once you start us off what what do you think of the way they they did it it was a fun experiment and um you know i like so i don't like the divisions themselves i mm. think they're too unbalanced and of course it's just going to happen like you're going to have bad divisions every once in a while and that's fine um but i think the issue there was you know the fact that they never played other teams now the NHLPA did their player poll and they asked the players what they liked. They said, did you like basically the current divisions? And most of them didn't because it's more travel, right? Especially yeah. in Canada, it was more travel. Um, yes. But I like that they're going back to the regular, regular divisions. But the other question was, do you like the series style? So you go to a city, you play two or three games there. And yeah. I've seen some arguments of uh, you kind of the you know you get kind of bored because you're playing the same team night after night but on the other hand it's like it builds up this rivalry right like mm -hmm. if something goes down on thursday night and the same teams played against each other saturday and monday in the same building there's going to be some fireworks especially with fans in the stands oh so yeah i hope they at least keep it a little bit right i'm sure that they'll still do a lot of just one-offs but maybe the occasional like each team gets a couple series in their own division right like yeah. have Montreal come here for two games, three games uh, over the course of a week and maybe have it culminate on a Saturday night and just, you know, have, you know, some excitement brewing for this little mini series, especially late in the season. Right. If you have two teams competing for a playoff uh, spot and you're able to sort of plan ahead and, and guess like who's going to be the third and fourth teams in the division, they're fighting for a playoff spot and they have a three game set at the end of the season to just to figure it out. That would be amazing. Uh, so yeah. I'm hoping that they keep that uh, at least somewhat in part. Yeah, Parker, I'm totally biased. If the Canucks had a way better season and if if the games meant something in April and May, I would say, man, I, I don't know if I keep it, but I would say I would have liked this Canadian division a lot better, this North division. But the fact mm -hmm. that the Canucks were already out by the end of March, basically, those games against uh, Ottawa, I, those are painful. You know, those three or four in a row when Ottawa was actually beating us in April yeah. or May or whatever that was. And the ones against yeah, the I, Flames at the end. Yes. Oh, was, I, yeah. I did get sick of them, but I do agree with you that even when they go back to the regular the regular divisions, those two or three game series make sense. It, in theory, it cuts your travel down. And yes, exactly. You're building up rivalry, especially if something goofy happens in game number one of a three game set. It's going to be crazy. It'll be, full, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I yeah. think um, it's got a lot of potential. It's also got a lot of potential for if you have like the Canucks and Flames, two teams that aren't in the playoffs playing three games at the end of the season, you'll have yeah. literally zero people watching. So that's where uh, that's where it can falter. Uh, it's a little risky, but it also has the potential to be very, very cool. Hey, can you put up our grants for me real quick about the watch? I, I'll tell them very quickly. It is just a Fitbit. Everyone else in my family is way more cooler. They have the Apple Watch, but I'm I'm old school Fitbit. Looks good. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Agam says Canucks versus Seattle at CenturyLink needs to happen. Uh, yes, this is this is like as a winter classic, like next year or something, um, yeah. like 2023. Um, 
would be so awesome, right? At Lumen yeah. Field, it is now. Um, mm-hmm. But like putting sixty-seven thousand fans uh, at CenturyLink for Canucks and Seattle, like I'll be there. <laughs> like, yeah. tell me time and place, I'm there. Um, it would be awesome to have an outdoor game in that stadium. I would love to erase the stench that is still on my mind, taste buds, whatever, wherever stench goes from that heritage classic game. I went to Yeah, Vancouver versus Ottawa. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a weird one. Uh, Luongo watching from the bench. Yep. Traded two days later. Yeah, exactly. Thanks torts. (laughs) Uh, great. Um, yeah, I think this would be a, it would be super cool because you'd sell it out in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd cause you'd have literally thousands of people coming from Vancouver thousands and you know you have 50,000 Kraken fans there it'd be yeah. awesome especially if Seattle's a decent team I yeah. can see that being an excellent excellent time yeah speaking of which Parker uh you, you might you know I'm good friends with Marie the the yep. the wonderful anthem singer she, and uh, she brought me down to one of the games she did at when it was um you know CenturyLink Seahawks game yeah and I was talking to some of the organizers there and I asked them how many of your season ticket holders are Canadians like I, I was curious mm-hmm and the number was actually smaller than I thought. It was only two thousand. So oh, wow. maybe, yeah, I thought it'd be closer to three to five, maybe. But especially because it's only it's only eight games a year, right? Like it's not yeah. a huge commitment. You know, it's, it's true. It's eight weekends. But maybe maybe they only allow a certain block. I don't know. But two thousand, I guess, in, uh, out of six, seventy thousand, is still a lot. Like it's it's yeah. good. I've yeah. been on the waiting list for about four years, and I think I have oh. 60,000 60, spots to go. So. <laughs> Uh, I will be there in about 20 years. I'll have my, awesome. my Seahawks season tickets. Yes. Uh, yes. Anyways, <laughs> I think uh, we're, we're past 11 o'clock. Uh, so I think probably a good place to wrap it up there. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. I hope, you know, no technical difficulties. Uh, everything great. looks to have worked well. I love the whole, um, the whole ability to like put things on the screen like this, leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts, and we will read it out on the next show. Uh, and it helps us out a lot. So we really appreciate it when you do that. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just, we're just going to focus on clay on the work in the ticker here. Well, good. Now uh, I got the whole screen, <laughs> but anyways, I uh, hope you guys have a good week. We'll be back next Wednesday. Like we said, all shows for the month of, month of July are going to be on Wednesdays. So make sure you're around, uh, the 14th. Uh, the 21st, the 23rd, the Friday night uh, draft special, and the 28th, Wednesday nights, all uh, every day this week. If you missed any part of the show, obviously lots of you guys came in uh, a little bit late. Um, <laughs> you guys have, you know, you guys have busy schedules. Um, of course. If you came in late, uh, you can, on YouTube here, you can rewind, go back to the start and rewatch. Uh, if you're tired, you can just download the podcast in the morning on your way to work or whether you're, you know, working from home, download the podcast. It'll be up within about, uh, about half an hour on Spotify, a couple hours on Apple podcasts. Uh, so we will, uh, if you missed it, you can watch it there. That also helps us out. So, uh, anyways, thank you guys for watching, uh, clay, any, anything you want to say signing off here? Yes. Uh, happy birthday. (laughs) HSM fangirl gaming. Happy birthday tomorrow. Happy anniversary to me and my lovely wife, Gail. Parker, great job on this new platform. I'm just gonna I'm gonna master this by next week. So and I'm gonna try to do it where I look a little cooler when I'm doing it like this. Kind of yeah, thing. absolutely. Just no okay. look, perfect. Yeah. There you go. All right, that's it for us. Thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week.